This is Chapter Thirty Seven of Sketches New and Old. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sketches New and Old by Mark Twain. Chapter Thirty Seven: A True Story, repeated word for word as I heard it, written about eighteen seventy-six. It was summertime and twilight. We were sitting on the porch of the farmhouse on the summit of the hill, and Aunt Rachel was sitting respectfully below our level on the steps. For she was our servant and colored. She was of mighty frame and stature. She was sixty years old, but her eye was undimmed and her strength unabated. She was a cheerful, hearty soul, and it was no more trouble for her to laugh than it is for a bird to sing. She was under fire now, as usual when the day was done. That is to say, she was being chaffed without mercy and was enjoying it. She would let off peal after peal of laughter, and then sit with her face in her hands and shake with throes of enjoyment which she could no longer get breath enough to express. At such a moment as this, a thought occurred to me, and I said, "Aunt Rachel, how is it that you've lived sixty years and never had any trouble?" She stopped quaking. She paused, and there was a moment of silence. She turned her face over her shoulder toward me and said, without even a smile in her voice. Mr. C, is you in earnest? It surprised me a good deal, and it sobered my manner and my speech too. I said, "Why, I thought—that is, I meant—why, you can't have had any trouble. I've never heard you sigh, and never seen your eye when there wasn't a laugh in it." She faced fairly around now, and was full of earnestness. Has I had any trouble? Mr. C, I's going to tell you. Then I leave it to you. I was born down amongst the slaves. I knows all about slavery, cause I been one in myself. Well, sir, my old man—that's my husband—he was love and kind to me, just as kind as yours to your own wife. And we had children, seven children, and we loved them children just the same as you loves your children. They was black. But the Lord can't make children so black, but what they mother loves 'em and wouldn't give 'em up. No, not for anything that's in this whole world. Well, sir, I was raised in Old Virginny, but my mother she was raised in Maryland, and my souls she was terrible when she'd get started. My land, but she'd make the fur fly when she'd get into them tantrums. She always had one word that she said. She'd straighten herself up and. Put her fists in her hips and say, "I want you to understand that I want bone in the mash to be fooled by trash. I's one of the old blue hen's chickens. I is, 'cause you see that's what folks that's bone in Maryland calls theyselves, and they's proud of it. Well, that was her word. I don't ever forget it, because she said it so much, and because she said it one day when my little Henry tore his wrist awful and most busted his head." Right up at the top of his forehead, and the niggers didn't fly round fast enough to tend to him. And when they talk back at her, she up and she says, "Look a here," she says, "I want you niggers to understand that I want bone and the mash to be fooled by trash. I's one of the old blue hen's chickens, I is." And then she cleared that kitchen and bandaged up the child herself. So I says that word too when I's riled. Well, by and by, my old mistress. Say she's broke, 
and she got to sell all the niggers on the place. And when I hear that they're going to sell us all off at auction in Richmond, oh, dear good gracious, I know what that mean. Aunt Rachel had gradually risen while she warmed to her subject, and now she towered above us, black against the stars. They put chains on us, and put us on a stand as high as this porch, twenty foot high, and all the people stood round, crowds and crowds, and they'd come up there and look at us all around and squeeze our arm and make us get up and walk and then say, this one too old, or this one lame, or this one don't mount to much. And they sold my old man and took him away, and they begin to sell my children and take them away. And I begin to cry, and a man say, shut up, your damn blubberin', and hit me on the mouth with his hand. And when the last one was gone but my little Henry, I grab him close up to my breast so, and I rise up and says, You shan't take him away, I says. I'll kill the man to touch his him, I says. But my little Henry whisper and say, I'm going to run away, and then I work and buy your freedom. Oh, bless the child, he always so good. But they got him, they got him, the man did. But I took and tear the clothes most off of them and beat them over the head with my chain, and they give it to me, too, but I didn't mind that. Well, there was my old man gone, and all my children, all my seven children, and six of them I ain't set eyes on again to this day, and that's twenty-two year ago last Easter. The man that bought me belonged in Newburn, and he took me there. Well, by and by the years roll on, and, and the war come. My master, he was a Confederate colonel, and I was his family's cook. So when the Unions took that town, they all run away and left me all by myself with the other niggers and that monstrous big house. So the big Union officers move in there, and they asked me, would I cook for them? Lord bless you, says I, dat what I's for. They want no small fry officers, mind you. They was the biggest they is, and the way they made them soldiers mosey round. The general, he told me to boss that kitchen, and he say, If anybody come meddling with you, you just make em walk chalk. Don't you be feared. He say, Use among friends now. Well, I thinks to myself, if my little Henry ever got a chance to run away, he'd make to the north, of course. So one day I comes in there where the big officers was in the parlor, and I drops a kerchief, so, and I up and told him about my Henry. They are listening to my troubles just the same as if I was white folks, and I says, What I come for is because if he got away and got up north, where you gentlemen comes from, you might have seen him maybe, and could tell me so I could find him again. He was very little, and he had a scar on his left wrist and at the top of his forehead. Then they look mournful, and the general say, How long since you lose him? And I say, Thirteen year. Then the general say, he wouldn't be little no more now, he's a man. I never thought of that before. He was only dat little feller to me yet. I never thought about him growing up and being big, but I see it then. None of the gentlemen had run across him, so they couldn't do nothing for me. But all that time, though I didn't know it, my Henry was run off to the north, years and years, and he was a barber, too, and worked for himself. And by and by, when the war come, he ups and he says, I's done barberin', he says. I's gwine to find my old mammy, less'n she's dead. 
so he sole out and went to whar dey was recruitin and hired hisself out to de colonel for his servant and den he went all froo de battles everywhere huntin for his old mammy yes indeedy he'd hire to first one officer and den de another till he'd ransacked de whole south but you see i didn't know nothin about dis how was i gwine to know it well one night we had a big soldier ball de soldier's dad newburn was always havin balls and carryin on they had him in my kitchen heaps of times cause it was so big mind you i was down on such doin's because my place was with de officers and it rasped me to have dem common soldiers cavortin round in my kitchen like dat but i always stood around and kept things straight i did and sometimes dey'd git my dander up and den i'd make em clar dat kitchen mind i tell you well one night it was a friday night they comes a whole platoon from a nigger ridgment dat was on guard at de house de house was headquarters you know and den i was just a bilin mad <laughs> i was just a boomin and i swelled round and swelled round i was just a itchin for em to do somethin for to start me and dey was a waltzin and a dancin my but dey was havin a time and i just a swellin and a swellin up pooty soon long comes such a spruce young nigger a sailin down de room wid a yaller wench round de waist and round and round and round dey went enough to make em body drunk to look at em and when dey got abreast of me dey went to kind of balancin round first on one leg and then on t'other and smilin at my big red turban and makin fun and i ups and says git along with you rubbage de young man's face kind of changed all of a sudden for about a second but den he went to smilin again same as he was before well about this time in comes some niggers dat played music and belonged to de band and dey never could git along widout puttin on airs and de very first air dey put on dat night i lit into em dey laughed and dat made me wuss de rest of de niggers got to laughin and den my soul alive but i was hot my eye was just a blazin i just straightened myself up so just as i is now plumb to the ceilin most and i digs my fist in my hips and i says look a here i says i want you niggers to understand that i wa'n't born in the mash to be fooled by trash i's one of the old blue hen's chickens i is and then i see dat young man stand starin and stiff lookin kind of up at the ceilin like he forgot something and couldn't remember it no more well i just march on dem niggers so lookin like a general and dey just cave away before me and out at the door and as dis young man a goin out i hear him say to the other nigger jim he says you go long and tell the captain i be on hand about eight o'clock in the mornin dey's something on my mind he says i don't sleep no more dis night you go long he says and leave me by my own self this was about one o'clock in the mornin well about seven i was up and on hand gittin de officers breakfast i was a stoopin down by de stove just so same as if your foot was de stove and i'd open de stove door wid my right hand so pushin it back just as i pushes your foot and i'd just got de pan o hot biscuits in my hand and was about to raise up when i see a black face come round under mine and de eyes a lookin up into mine just as eyes a lookin up close under your face now and i just stopped right there and never budged just gazed and gazed so and de pan begin to tremble and all of a sudden i knowed de pan drop on de flo 
and I grab his left hand and shove back his sleeve just so as I'd doin' to you, and den I goes for his forehead and push his hair back so, and boy, I says, if you ain't my Henry, what is you doin' with this welt on your wrist and that scar on your forehead? The Lord God of heaven be praised, I got my own again. Oh no, Mr. C., I ain't had no trouble and no joy. End of chapter 37